Friends, it's the, uh, Leon is our guest speaker tonight. Um, this tonight, it's this morning, everyone. Leon is uh, been married for apparently for forty five years. Leon, that's what we heard this morning. He's part of Kingsway Church, and he's got some wonderful things to share as he did at the nine am. Are you ready for the word? Here we go. Good morning, everyone. I bring you greetings this morning from Kingsway Community Church, Fresh Hope, and Churches of Christ. I work for Churches of Christ, Fresh Hope. Uh, my role as pastor to pastors, I travel around and look after all of our pastors throughout the state. Uh, my home church is Kingsway Community Church, so I bring you greetings on behalf of all of them. Let's just pray. Father, Lord, I just pray that the words that you've given me to share this morning, Father, will be words that people need to hear. Lord, there won't be words that tickle ears, but Lord, there'll be words that go to the heart. Father, we just commit them to you right now, in your mighty name. Well, I've been asked to share with you the two on two becoming one flesh. Never in our modern history has marriage and married life been under attack like it is today. Never before. I believe that uh, Satan is out to do his very, very best to destroy marriages. Yes? Yes. But I also know that God is out to restore marriages. You know, from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, we see that God's heart was for healthy, loving, caring relationships. You know, we know from the very beginning that God said, We will make man in our image. That's the image of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. In unity, in harmony. We'll make man in our image. wasn't too long before we see that man was a lonely place to be. Man by himself. Adam tried to do all the things he did. Um, He must have been busy working because he named all the animals and all the activities that he did, tending the fields and everything else. But he must have been lonely at some time because a little bit further on we find that God said it's not good for man to be alone. And I believe that passage of scripture that talks about it's not good for man to be alone was the starting point that God had for healthy marriages. You know, we see that God uh, made Adam fall asleep and took his rib and formed Eve. I asked the congregation before how did who formed Adam? How was he formed? I might ask you as well. How was Adam formed? Dust, dust of the yep, dust of the earth. How was Eve formed? Come on, not doing all the work here. Rib. Out of Adam's rib. And you know, I do a lot of speaking, particularly in, in to a lot of men in retreats and men's times and. Guys often say to me, why are women so different to men? And now I've realised it's because men are made out of dirt and women are made out of flesh. <laughs> and I think that's, uh, that really shows the difference between men and women. You know, men are very practical. If something needs to be done, we, we just want to do it. Men are called Mr fix it, aren't they? If there's, some, if there's a problem and even in a relationship, they want to fix it. Whereas, 
Whereas women are far more emotional and far more able to deal with the issues. But I believe that God's an emotional God. You know, we see that in Jesus' life that he wept. He felt emotions when he, when he saw the city that was full of sin, when he saw his, his friend die. God feels emotions. And we need to understand that God wants us to deal with our emotions. I believe that from the very, very beginning, God planned for us to have healthy relationships. Anyone agree? You know, every one of us are in different situations. There's some here that'll be separated, some that'll be single, some that have never been married, some that have been married and had bad breakups in their relationships. We're all in different situations. When we look at our different situations, we feel that, well, you know, how does God prepare me? How does God prepare me for a situation that he wants to improve? And I, I, I have a full understanding is that, is that God loves you so much that he wants you to be happy, healthy and restored. Happy, healthy and restored. Yeah, so we've got some young people here with us. I'm not going to ask who's married and who's not and who's been married and who hasn't. But I know in any group this size, we're always going to have a, a variety of people. But there, for young people in particular, you know, I really want to encourage you. Oh, sweetness. Keep yourself pure before God. It is so important. You know, out of the hundreds and probably thousands of people that I've counselled now regarding marriage and breakups and relationships, whenever there's a broken relationship, it always causes damage. It always causes hurt. It always causes heart, heartache. You know, I've, I've talked to people say, oh, no, I'm okay. I'm, I'm over it. I was over her anyhow. She was hopeless. You know, we were never any good. We should never have got married in the first place. It's just no good. But that relationship, even though as bad as it might have been, it still causes hurt to both parties. You know, when, when God says a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife, that word cleave or that word cling to his wife, means to stick like glue. means to be adhered to, stick to. You know, if you get two bits of wood and glue them together, then after a while you pull them apart, what happens? They what? They take a chunk of each with it. Every time you break a bit of wood about it, it's not normally the glue that breaks glues that's so strong these days they, they hold like anything. It's normally they'll rip bits of wood off this side, bits of wood off that side. Bits of wood from this one will be stuck on that one. Bits of wood from this one will be stuck on that one. And the same thing happens in every relationship when it's broken. It causes hurt and causes dysfunction within our lives. Anyone know anyone who's been in that situation? Don't put your hand up. I'm sure we all do. You've seen people hurt, you've seen people broken and destroyed in, in marriages. And I want to really encourage you young people, keep yourselves pure. Keep yourselves ready for your marriage because there's enough hurt out there already without get causing yourself more. You know, when the, the passage talks about two becoming one flesh, what's it talking about? When God brings two people together, he says the two... Individuals become one flesh. He's talking about the act of making love, the act of sexual intercourse. And you know, when that happens, a couple are never closer than at the time of making love. And sadly, in marriages these days, that sometimes suffers. 
Sometimes in, in marriage relationships, one partner will knock the other partner back and say, no, no, no sex for you. And it causes damage because, you know, men are sensitive and soft, you know. I, I hear guys say, you know, I want to make love to my wife, I want to have sex with her regularly, but she doesn't want to have it. And, you know, every time a woman knocks a man back for, for making love, they're losing something of that partner. Hello? Yeah, yeah. You've gone very quiet. <laughs> they lose something of that partner because we are never the person that God means us to be without the love and the care of our partner. Can I say that again? We will never be the man, the woman that God wants us to be without the love and the care and the support of our partner. That doesn't mean if you're single that you'll never be all that God's called you to be. You'll be all you're called to be in your situation. But, you know, when my wife rubs me the wrong way, I know you can't believe that, you find that hard to believe, but when my wife rubs me up the wrong way, I've got two options. I can react or I can respond. If I react, it can be a... Have any of you people met my wife? Yes. Yeah, she's spagging at some of the ladies. She's a fiery little thing. She's five foot nothing, but full of energy and full of life and full of love. But if she stirs me up the wrong way and I respond the wrong way, all we're going to do is we're going to be in a fight. If she stirs me up, I've got to say, stop and say to God, God, what is it you're trying to do in me here? What is it that you're trying to, what change are you trying to bring in me here? And vice versa. Uh, within a, a marriage relationship, the sexual relationship is a really good barometer of how healthy that marriage is. I'm not saying it's the only barometer. And I know at times in our lives we get busy, we get got young kids on the on the run and got all these sorts of things happening. Our sexual relationship can really be challenged. That's a reason it's not an excuse. You know, we need to make time for each other. We need to make time for the, the p- person that we love. You know, we've given our, ourselves... What did we say when we got married? Most of us will say that we will love and respect and till death us do part, we'll be together. So we really need to make sure that in that time we do love, respect and honour each other. Sex with our partner should never be offered as a reward. You mow the lawn and you'll get sex. You mow the lawn and we'll make love tonight. You paint the room, you build the house, you do this, you do that and we'll be good for tonight. It's not a good way to go. I'm not going to ask you. (laughs) You know, the greatest need that humans have is to love and be loved. That, whether that's in a, a marriage relationship, whether it's in a, a, an emotional relationship, whether it's just in a friendship, that I'm recognised by someone, I am loved by that person, and I am able to love that person. You know, God's plan is from the very beginning is we have that loving relationship. Why do you think God designed marriage that way? Any any ideas? Any thoughts? Feel free to talk. Why do you think God made a, a, a or planned for healthy, happy, 
fulfilled, caring, loving relationships and didn't just make us like animals. You know, God wants our marriages and our relationships, whether they be even outside of marriage, just friends, that relationship to be an example to the world of what a loving relationship can be because that is an example to the world of God's love. That is an example to the world of who God is. So we need to love and be loved. You know, we've, we've, we read in the uh, beginning of Genesis there where Adam and Eve were brought together, they worked together, they served together, they loved each other, and then the enemy came in. What's the first thing that happened when the enemy came in? They put partook of the fruit, ate the fruit. Then what happened? Come on, help me out here. Shame. Shame came upon them. Shame came upon them. And, you know, they were, God went looking for them in the garden and Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? Did God not know where Adam was? Adam said, we were naked and we hid because we're afraid. And you know what you look all through relationships ever since that time? You find the fear, shame, are two of the biggest destroyers of relationships. You know, I've counselled with married couples that won't even allow their partner to see them naked. I've counselled with couples that would never see their partner naked. That's shame. That's shame. You know, you look at my body. This body used to be a fine specimen at one time. Once once upon a time. A long time ago. (laughs) I can't be like I used to be. We all change. We all put on a bit of weight. Gravity begins to take effect. But it's not the out of the person that we love, it's the heart of the person that we love. It's the person themselves. I often say to, to, to pastors, I spend a lot of time talking with pastors, and I often say to pastors, who are you when you're not a pastor? Who are you when you're not a father? Who are you when you're not a husband? Who are you? Who are you when you're alone with God? And what does that mean to you? Because that's the key factor. You know, when we develop that loving relationship with God, God develops that loving relationship with us. You know, marriage is not easy. And I don't know what the situations you're in. I don't know whether you're married, single, divorced, separated, or how you are, but, you know, marriage is not easy. It can be a real challenge for us, real difficult times. Why does it have to be so hard? Why does it have to be so difficult? You know, God planned for us to have a helpmate because God knows that us men need a helpmate. Come on, ladies. That's when you first say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the scriptures, it, it talks about, you know, how God caused Adam to fall asleep. And a few ladies have told me that we've never woken up since. I'm not sure whether that's true or not, but anyhow. You know, God calls us as men and women of God to be imitators of God. What does it mean to be an imitator of God? Like a mirror. If I said to you, imitate 
some uh, monkey. Hmm? What, what would it mean? I would have to express that, wouldn't I? I would have to, you know, do sounds like two syllables. I would have to express show that expression so God has called us to be an expression of his love you know John 10 10 says the thief comes to kill and destroy but Jesus came to give us life how would that life look to you you know I don't know what your your relationships are like and you know if, if you're not married you can we can talk about relationships we can talk about friendships we can talk about other understandings of relationship but what does a good friendship mean to you what does a good relationship mean to you how would it look how would it look to you come on feedback come on i need some help here trust Trust. yeah trust Communication. communication wonderful big one compromise Fun, wonderful, wonderful. I think sadly we, in our day and age, we don't have enough fun. We don't laugh enough. Unless you're married to Lou, but then I laugh a lot. But we have a great time together. But the word tells us to be imitators of God. We're supposed to express God's love. We're supposed to express God's joy in our lives. But not only in our lives, our marriage, our, our relationships are supposed to be that same expression of God's love. He said, once you're in darkness, but now you are children of light, you walk in the light. And he's talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Is my life in my marriage, is my life in my friendships an expression of God's love? Is it an expression of faith, hope, love? Am I showing those things? You know, the the scriptures clearly tell us as, as a husband and wife how to have a good relationship. It says, husbands, love your wives. Wives, honour your husbands. You know, the, the very things that psychologists have found out is that women need to be loved, men need to be respected. That's God's word. It's here, written in black and white. Husbands, love your wives. Goes on to say, as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He died for it. He gave himself. He gave everything that he had. But sadly, in... in Many marriage relationships, we tend to get very selfish. What's in it for me? What do I get out of it? What's in it for me? Wives, love your husbands. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. You know, we're called to cherish. As husbands, we're called to cherish and nurture our wives. The Bible talks about the, 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 the mystery of marriage. It's like the mystery of Christ and his church. You know, as I said before, marriage is not easy. But let me tell you, it's the best thing to work at. I don't know how how your relationship is. I don't know how your marriage is. I just want to ask you today, on a scale of 1 to 10, if I was to say, how is your marriage on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm not asking you to tell me. Just asking you to think about it. You might say, well, now it's at this moment it's about a, a five or a six. What would need to change to make that a seven? 
What would you need to do in your life to make that a seven? You know, it's so easy for us to, to point fingers at our wives or our husbands, our partners, and sort of say, if they changed, if she didn't act like that, or if he didn't act like that, or if they didn't act like that, if they did this and they didn't that, it's very, very easy to point fingers at other people. We need to look at ourselves because we can't expect to change others. All we can do is change ourselves. So we need to look at ourselves and say, okay, in this relationship, is it 50-50? Is this friction that's in our marriage at the moment, is it, is it a 50-50 thing? Of I cause half of this? And generally, yes, probably 80% me, but anyhow, that's another story. If I've caused this 50%, I'm responsible for that 100% of that 50%. That's my responsibility. I can't expect my wife to change. All I can do is change myself. So I look at myself and say, what is it that needs to change in me to make this relationship better? And we can all do that. You know, it might be a a mother, daughter, father, son. It might be even siblings. What is it that I need to do? But you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. They are so hard to get along with. But what is it that you need to do to make them easy to get along with? What is it that I can do to make that relationship healthier? What is it that I can do in my time to try and improve that? I believe that God is in the restoration business. I don't care how difficult things may be at the moment. I don't care how much struggle you're going through in that relationship, I believe that God is in the restoration business. I believe that God wants our marriages to be a shining example to our community of what a, what a marriage should be. I believe that God wants our marriages to be so uh, out there for people to see. People will say, I want to know what you've got. What have you got? What is it that you've got? What is it in your marriage? I understand that in a room this size with these number of people, there's going to be people here that are hurting from past relationships, hurting from broken relationships, hurting from things that have been said, things that have been done. What is it that I need to do to come before Christ? Just ask you to bow your head with me if you would. What is it that I need to do in my life, in this time, to bring that relationship back into a healthy situation? Firstly, it may be coming back to God and saying, God, I've blown it. I've made mistakes. I've done the wrong things. You know, it may be an irreconcilable breakup. It may be divorce. It may have been divorced 30 years ago, but you're still carrying the hurt and the disappointment of that breakup. You're still carrying the hurt inside which stops you loving other people. You know, sometimes we won't allow other people to love us because we feel that we're unloving, because we feel like we're unlovely. We feel like we, we don't deserve to be loved. But I'm here to tell you today, God loves you so much that he wants you to be restored to his plans and purposes. God wants you, no matter what part of life you're in, whether you're right at the end of your life or just at the beginning of your life, God wants you restored to work in that happy, healthy, spiritual relationship that you can walk with him. I just want to pray for you this morning that you will allow God to begin to touch those one percenters to move from a five to a six, from a six to a seven, from a seven to an eight in your relationship. Can I do that? 
Father, Lord, I just bring these people before you right now. Lord, I just thank you for them. Lord, I don't know their situations. I don't know their circumstances. But you do. You know them intimately, Lord. You know each and every hurt that's been caused. You know the fractures and the friction that have been caused. And Father, you know how to repair it. Father, I just bring each and every person that's here today before you. And Lord, I ask you to begin to minister into their life. Draw them to the place that they are prepared to make choices of change in their life. Lord, I can only change me. I can't change anyone else. But by changing me, I change everything. Father, I just commit them to you right now and I just ask them that they might draw near to you and that you might draw near to them. That you might lead them and guide them in all your ways in your wonderful name. Amen.